In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. It's always game day in Cleveland, and we actually have things to talk about that are on the field and news and notes and things that don't all include Deshaun Watson. Man, is that real? Is that real? He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Welcome to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Uh, Daryl, it's always, I can see you, but no one else can, but uh, good, good to be along with you as we get set for week number two of training camp. You're cracking up. So uh, first of all, let's just, uh, let's, you want to dive right into it or you want to tell everybody hello and hi, who are you? Yeah, let's Daryl. dive right into it with both feet. All right. Kareem Hunt is the big story. He wants to trade. What's the dealio? Well, he he might want to trade, but the Browns aren't going to honor that request, uh, at least not right now. Um, look, I mean, he's made it no secret over the summer. He wants a new contract. Again, that's just not going to happen for a variety of reasons. Uh, one, football economics. Two, uh, loaded backfield, which leads back to football economics. They're just not going to commit a lot more money uh, to him right now. They're not ready to. Uh, and then... Um, you know, just his timing. It's it's just not great timing for him, unfortunately. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be extended. I'm not saying he's not a good player. It's just it's just really, really bad timing between the Deshaun Watson stuff that's also going on. Andrew Barry's got to really have his attention and focus on that. Does he have to trade for a quarterback? Is uh, Jacoby Brissett, like right now everyone's saying Jacoby Brissett's the man, but is he really the man if uh, Deshaun's not available for the rest of the season? So like, I just feel like Andrew Barry's got other things to worry about, not named Kareem Hunt's contract right now. So uh, also uh, shortest hold in for training camp, I think, in history. Uh, two days, Friday, Saturday, did not participate in the team drills. Kevin Stefanski lost a ton of sleep over that, considering he's got eight other guys to give carries to. Um, and then uh, on uh, Sunday, uh, Kevin Stefanski wouldn't tell us before practice, had to put the poker face on and not let us know that Kareem Hunt was going to practice, would not let us know that Kareem Hunt, in fact, was going to take part in team drills. Um, in fact, he was in there for the second snap of 11 on 11 Sunday afternoon. And of course, that was right after like Nick Chubb blew through the defense for like the 10th consecutive day in training camp. Like it's be just become a, a, a daily thing with Chubb. But um, yeah, it'd be just it, it's it's crap timing for Kareem. But the reality is the economics, the timing, what Andrew Barry's dealing with, like the stars are not aligning for Kareem Hunt to get a contract extension from the Cleveland Browns right now. And they ain't going to trade him, at least not because he asked for it. Uh, who is the genius that said, Kareem, hey, look, you don't have a contract right now and we should be a hold in. So we won't participate in parts of practice. And I, I just like, I, I just think he got some super bad advice, super bad advice. Like Kareem, come on, man. First of all, the city loves you because you're from here. I mean, you came here with problems. They still embraced you. Um, and, and like, it's just a bad look. Local guy turns back on team and. It just looks like it's just silly. We all know how good the running back tandem is here. And like, I don't even think this is cream. Like, I, I just don't, I think it's his agent saying to him, Hey, this is what we should do. So we should force some money. If you really want to trade cream, why not wait? Why not wait until another team has a running back that might be hurt. So the Browns might have some leverage to be able to bring somebody in at a second round pick. I don't know. I don't even know what he's worth out there in the market right now. Or why don't you wait 
and hear what happens to Deshaun Watson. And then you can say, you could have your agent quietly call the front office and say, hey, look, I know you're in a tough spot and Kareem's in a tough spot too. We want him to have a maximum contract, but you know, maybe we can make this work for all of us. And it doesn't have to go public and you don't have to hold anything out. And you can actually like bargain in good faith. I, I just like, it's just silly what he did. Everything's silly. And I, I'll be honest, I just can't see Kareem doing this on his own. So whoever's giving him this, this advice, uh, I would stay away from them for any other advice. Yeah, I mean, I certainly can't disagree with that um, because, again, it, it lasted all of two days. Somebody talked to him. I'm guessing Kevin Stefanski sat him down uh, and, and probably told him, listen, dude, you're really not doing yourself any favors. Uh, your best ability is your availability, and I got four other guys I can give reps and training camp to. And, like, I I understand where Kareem's coming from. He's looking I think for we all do. I He's think we all do more security. Like I will never get on players about wanting to get paid or getting paid. I think these guys should make every dollar they can make it when they can make it. But again, going back to what I said earlier, just the timing sucks. Um, and I, look, I think Kareem's realize kind of realizes this, this, this like we all do, right? Deshaun Watson probably not going to be available, which means that the running game is going to be all that more important, which means Kareem Hunt's going to be all that more important to the Browns this, uh, this season. But I mean, his best course of action is go out there, put up a ton of yards, score a bunch of touchdowns this year, hit free agency next year, and cash in. But there's always the risk of injury. Keep in mind, he's been with the Browns three years, and he's only played all 16 games one of the three years. The first year, of course, he was suspended the first eight games for all the off-the-field trouble that he had coming to the Browns, which is ultimately why he was a Cleveland Brown. At the time, John Dorsey was opportunistic and, uh, and signed a very damaged uh, reputation player in Hunt uh, to a very cheap team friendly contract. They ended up giving him like a two year extension again, very cheap team friendly because he still had that cloud hanging over him. This is the final year of that deal. He's going to make around 6.2 million and change with incentives in that, uh, which are a lot of are based around playing time for him. So playing time for Kareem Hunt this year, very, very important. So the last thing you want to do in training camp to your point, Andy, is give the Browns reasons to give to Ernest Johnson carries over you or give it Jerome Ford carries over you or uh, actually use Demetric Felton at the position in which they use uh, list him, and that's running back, instead of having him take receiver reps every day and have him get your carries. Like, you need the playing time. You need the touches. You need all those things this year. So I hesitate to criticize Kareem. Because, as I said, I understand where he's coming from. Feel I, I feel his pain there, right? Once right. that security blanket. But the economics right now don't make sense. Dernis Johnson's back on a dirt-cheap contract. You've got Nick Chubb in the first year, that three-year, $36.6 million extension. I know the Browns have a ton of salary cap room and stuff, but they need every dollar of that going forward. Um. And the running back room is just overflowing. So it's it, right now he's just got to go out and perform. That's the, I, I think the message was received in the Browns front office. I don't think Andrew Berry's ignorant to the fact that this is the final year of Kareem Hunt's deal, but also 
I think the reality is, Andy, barring some spectacular developments, this is going to be Kareem Hunt's last season in Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, I, I as of today, I agree with you. I mean, let's not forget. I mean, things change. Sometimes things happen. David Njoku wanted out at one point. Look That's where right. he is. But I, I agree. I just don't. The timing of it is brutal, and the advice was not solid. I just, 100%. and I, I'll be honest with you, I just don't. I don't want to point the finger at Kareem at all because I just don't see Kareem saying, well, it's a good idea. I'm going to, I'm going to not go participate in team drills. I just like, it doesn't make any sense. And, and the again, statement, the, the statement you made was not good. Like the, only, the only one he heard was himself. Yes. Because again, those are reps that you like, you want to keep those away from other people. And I, I'm not saying like he needs to be insecure because that's obviously like that's the thinking of an insecure person. But in this case, when you have a crowded room, yeah, you got to be a little insecure. Like I got to go out there every day, get get my reps so that somebody else behind me doesn't steal my reps and I don't lose my playing time and I don't lose my carries because I need all that this year. So I next off season in the spring can go get paid because let's be honest about Andy. His reputation, for the most part, has been pretty well repaired here. Yes, he's, it has. He's he's not had any off-the-field incidents relating to the problems he had when the Browns signed him. He did have he the one that, incident where he got pulled right. over. Right, He yeah. had the and one traffic stop where he appeared to be in some distress in that, but uh, he's done a lot of community service, a lot of visits to high schools where he has uh, you know, been very open and candid and honest about – uh, the problems he had and things that he did and talking to these high school kids and saying, Hey, don't do the, don't do the stuff that I did because it doesn't matter who you are. Um, you will be a accountable. So uh, I think that his reputation has been repaired. And if he goes out this year and he balls out for the Cleveland Browns, Andy, he's going to get paid in the spring by somebody. Totally agree. All right. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Thanks for being on board with us today. If you like what you're listening to, why don't you subscribe to the podcast? We say it every show and we, we beg you. I'll just beg. I'm a straight beggar on this one. I'm not even going to ask. I'm like, I'm begging you, please, please, subscribe please, to the please, please, please give us as many stars as you want. Or if you hate us, just make a comment that you hate it. But uh, the writer stinks and that Baskin's horrible. That's fine. We're used to it, but at least you're listening, and that's all that matters, and we appreciate you. It's always game day. Cleveland is the name of the show. If you want to interact with us on the show, uh, it is at game day CLE, and you can do that on both Twitter and Instagram. All right, let's come back. We'll get the latest on Deshaun Watson and everything else that's happening at camp. It's always game day in Cleveland. Welcome back. It is always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. What is the latest with Deshaun Watson as we sit here and wait and twiddle our thumbs? Uh, nothing. We are twiddling our thumbs, waiting for the ultimate decision to come down, uh, from the, uh, the, the appeals officer there. And, uh, what I'm anticipating best guess, Andy, that's going to happen this week. And the Browns are very lucky in the sense that they're not going to be around much this week. Um, they're off on Monday, no camp practice players day off. They will practice on Tuesday. They'll also practice on Wednesday, but there is no media availability. We will not uh, have any access to players or coaches or anything on Wednesday because they are hopping on a plane and heading to Jacksonville so that Thursday 
They can get in a walkthrough slash workout slash some team bonding stuff that Kevin Stefanski wants to uh, accomplish there in Jacksonville. And then, of course, the preseason opener is Friday night in Jacksonville against the Jaguars. So um, not a lot of time should something come down uh, in regard to Deshaun Watson ultimately being suspended for, well, uh, indefinitely. Uh, but at least the entirety of the 2022 20, uh, season, which I am expecting. I'm not saying it's happening. I'm not, I just, I am expecting that the NFL is going to get what they want out of this uh, appeal. So, Peter C. Harvey is the guy who is hearing the appeal. Uh, he was a district, uh, a district, he was the attorney general in the state of New Jersey. He also had, uh, he's been a part of a lot of cases. For the NFL, before he's part of the, he's one of the guys that wrote the policy. Yep. Uh, for the personal conduct policy, I'm I'm just curious. And that's why I'm, and that's why I'm, I am not optimistic at all, Andy. The fact that he was in on the uh, the construction of the current conduct policy, and the fact that that's who they're bringing in to handle this, and remember, he un- unlike Sue L. Robinson, he's not independent. He is the designee of the commissioner, which means he is working on behalf of Roger Goodell. And so if he's working on behalf of Roger Goodell, do I need to tell you what happens next? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, like, if you ask me, I'm, I, I think he gets a year. I, I just had an interesting conversation with somebody who knows him, uh, somebody who went to school with him. And, he, and the line that he had said to me was, Peter will do all that he can to concur with Judge Robinson he respects precedent and due process. And this was an unsolicited uh, uh, message that I got from a friend of mine. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, I'm curious how he's going to view it because he still has to view this with legal points of view. And, and I wonder if there's a part of him that says, okay, I'm going to do it this way, but I'm going to try to minimize lawsuits against the NFL because, we, you know, I mean, we're going to see a lawsuit if, if it's, if it's a year. Right. I mean, NFLPA, that's their job. Their job is to sue if yes, it's over and, a year. And, and there are flaws. And, 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 and they'll go to. Win. I think it gets thrown out. I don't I'll think you get the injunction. Because this is a collectively bargained process. Yeah, the but NFL there... is doing everything that's within their right and within their power. If you did not want the NFL to have this power, you shouldn't have signed up for the CBA and to give them that authority. Because it says specifically in the policy that the commissioner or the designee in the appeals process, they can shorten, they can keep the same, they can modify, they can lengthen. Uh, so you've given uh, the commissioner or the designee in the appeals process carte blanche. That's on the NFLPA. So I, d- I don't know that the childhood argument, I call it, mm-hmm. uh, is going to work, right? Uh, anytime I get in trouble, I, I just say to my mom or my grandma or my dad, be like, well, yeah, but my brother d- was doing this and my sister was doing this. And they'd be like, yeah, we don't care. We're not talking about them. We're talking about you. Yeah. And what you did. Uh, I, just, there, I don't know that that argument's going to hold up in federal court. Yeah, that's not the argument. Yeah. Stick in, you know, to stick their nose into this collectively bargained process. I yeah. don't think the NFLPA's chances, but you are right. They, if, if this is so, an mean. indefinite ban, with a minimum of a year, they 100% are going to go to court. And at minimum, Deshaun Watson's missing the six games. So the, the, I think the theory is, is that they, they'll they probably back back off on – just 
some of the things that Sue Robinson had said left them a hole, I thought, to Sue, especially when it comes to due process and uh, and the inconsistencies of their rulings. And she said in the ruling, you know, hey, you guys got to figure out how to become consistent in this. I, I do think there's a there's a hole there, especially if they want to argue due process and constitutionality. That's where yeah. that's where the NFL would struggle. And like I've read a couple I've read some stories where I think that might come into play. It gives them a reason to sue. I just don't know right. if they'll win. And I agree with you on that. I, I don't know if they'll win, but I do think the door is open and the NFL is going to have to figure out some way to have some consistency well, with and here's what they're the doing. Line. I found yeah. the line that speaks to exactly what you're talking about, Andy. Mm-hmm. It is inherently unfair to identify conduct as prohibited only after the conduct has been committed. Just that is inherently unjust to change the penalties for such conduct after the fact. That's the that is the door opening that you were speaking uh, about. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, <laughs> three for three, uh, as far as found to be in violation, right? She uh, uses the phrases in her findings, reckless disregard, predatory conduct. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, and, and I'm not trying, I'm not trying to belittle. Uses, she uses very strong language in this, but that what that sentence that I read you is the, the door opener because she made that's where she made clear. Hey man, I'm going off of what you, your wishy-washy policies in, in discipline right. here. And that's why I'm going with the the six games. And she was basically politely telling him to your point. Yeah. Well, if you guys want to have stiff penalties for sexual misconduct violations, then y'all need to put your heads together and put it in writing, just like you have everything else. So that the players know if you uh, commit uh, sexual misconduct in violation of the personal conduct policy, this is what your punishment's going to be instead of me as the independent arbiter in this case, being asked to set precedent. And she made very clear that she was not going to do that. I am not convinced that Harvey will be uh, as, I don't want to say afraid, that's the wrong word, as reluctant. I think that's the word to use. I don't think he will be as reluctant to set a precedent here and send a message. Yeah, because so I, I'm going to go back and that's it. That's ultimately uh, yeah, what the NFL. I, I hear you. I, I'm going to go back and say this one thing. I thought she had the opportunity to set the precedent. I think she should have taken advantage of, this, of that. That's the one criticism I have of Sue L. Robinson because she had the based on everything that she wrote. You talk about predatory. You talk about this and that. Right. I think she had the opportunity to say, "Hey, everything he did is wrong. Bing, Bing, Bing. Those are wrong." And I know you haven't set the precedent, but this guy shouldn't be playing for a year. She didn't do that, and I think that that's that does cause a little bit of a problem for. The NFL also the the notion of well, credit and, and, to, uh, and the reason she hey, hang on one second Darryl. the reason she didn't yeah, okay. do that is because she didn't feel she had the authority to do it. If I, I mean you've read the CBA before, they wanted her to make a ruling. I know so but she I'm did saying, it by the letter of the law, and that's why right. I'm just I'm wondering what's next. The other part of it is, and and I understand what you're saying, and, and look, I agree with everything you said, but the predatory part, if you're going to argue that against due process, like the predatory part doesn't really. I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but the action doesn't matter if the uh, remedy wasn't, you know what I'm saying? I, I, like I'm, You can't go back and 
and mythically make something. I mean, you can in their CBA, but I think the point that the uh, NFLPA is going to have to make is that due process wasn't here. And I, I don't know if that changes what, you know, what the courts might say, but I do think they would look at it based on that. Again, it's not the action. It's the reaction and the uh, implementation of uh, punishment. And I think that's where they're at. But again, this isn't, this is a CBA. It's a handbook violation and the NFLPA agreed to it. So I see, I can see both sides and I can try to understand a little bit of it, but I don't think the NFL has too many places or the NFLPA has too many places to slither in a lawsuit where they could win. But the argument definitely seems to be there. And, and she seems to have given that to them. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Let me go back and ask you another uh, kind of tie the last two stories together here. And I brought this up with Kareem Hunt. Like, if Kareem Hunt really wanted to leave, why wouldn't you wait till the the moment, the right moment to jump on it and not make a scene? So he made a scene, which didn't help him. But let's just say Deshaun does get suspended for a year, and they've got to go out and get a quarterback. Again, I go back and say, Deshaun, the right, or Deshaun, um, Kareem, the right thing to do here is to have your agent, you know, talk to the front office, talk to Andrew, and say, look, you're in a weird spot. We're in a weird spot. You know, we love you guys. This is great. It's You guys have given us an opportunity. But if you feel the need that you want to trade us or give me the opportunity to go play somewhere else where I might get the action, it could be beneficial to both sides. And that said, Jimmy Garoppolo is one of those names where you said, okay, well, do you think, you know, you're taking on the contract, which the, the Browns definitely have the space for, and then you would be giving them a, a rock-solid running back that could be their starting running back. And like that's the right way to do it, and I but I'm just I'm curious. Do you think San Francisco would buy into that, and how would that play out? I don't think Kyle Shanahan has gotten over things, and I I don't think Kyle Shanahan will trade Jimmy Garoppolo to the Browns. I don't. I think he will send Andrew Barry a thirty point present thirty two point presentation as to why he's not going to trade. Jimmy Garoppolo. And I realize I am cracking a dated joke there, but I don't want to say people in the NFL hold grudges, but people in the NFL hold grudges. Let's be honest about oh, it. Now, Kyle really shouldn't hold a grudge because, like, they let him out as kind of like, all right, then just get the hell out of here, clean out your office, and we're, you know, be, be, be gone. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think that, again, there's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things, along with timing being everything. And I'm with you. Like, I don't want to criticize Kareem here. I think the agent should have kind of kept things in-house. And that's where you go to Andrew Berry. Hey, um, like you said, if you're not – you clearly are not looking at Kareem Hunt being here beyond this year. Uh, if an opportunity arises for you to move my client, we would welcome that. We would appreciate that. Um, and then in a situation that's beneficial for both of us, like that's how you do that. But see, they have been because he's a local kid, I think is part of it. You know, they're trying they've been try they're trying to play the public PR game. And yeah. I don't know necessarily the public PR game works in their favor in this particular instance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, no, absolutely. And negotiating through the media or whatever, just I just I don't think it helps him. So the right thing to do was like you said, you go to Andrew Barry and, and you just basically say, Listen, 
Running back room's full. My guy needs a lot of playing time this year. He needs a lot of touches so he can get paid next offseason. He's been a uh, you know a model member of the organization. He is atoned for his previous misdeeds, as egregious and ugly as they were. Um, and we would welcome a change of scenery so he can get those opportunities if those opportunities no longer exist in Cleveland. And there is a chance that you guys can, you know, benefit from it uh, as well. Um, would I do Kareem Hunt for Jimmy G straight up? Yes, I would. Assu- assuming that Deshaun Watson is. Because here's the thing. That this is a win now season. Like this team is ready. You can't flush another year of Joel Batonio. You can't flush totally agree. Year of Miles Garrett. You can't flush Jada- getting Jadavian Clowney back again this year, right? You just you can't flush this season. I I'm all for spending the Haslam's money because it ain't my money, and and it, it's no, no disrespect to them, but they're billionaires. So I just I don't feel sorry if they got to spend an extra fifteen million dollars to bring in another quarterback or something because they're the ones that signed off on this whole situation. And absolutely, and and, and th- so this team is built to win now. And I think that Jimmy G gives them a better chance, not just to make the playoffs, but to make noise. Like he has played well in January and helped his teams advance. Whereas Jacoby Brissett is a bit of an unknown in that regard. So if you put my feet to the fire, Andy Baskin and say Kareem Hunt for Jimmy G straight up, I say, yes. Now Kyle Shanahan's going to give me 32 reasons. Why not? All right, I'm going to give you some reasons why we can talk about things other than Kareem Hunt and Deshaun Watson, in particular Deshaun Watson. A lot of good things that are going on at camp. Uh, We're going to talk about that. And some good deeds by the Browns, too. How about that? You're listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you want to participate in the show, at Game Day CLE on Instagram or Twitter. Back with good news next. It's always game day in Cleveland, the latest on what's going on with your Cleveland Browns. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin, uh, and we're always happy to have you on board. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. We're very excited about it, and we're really excited about actually talking about football news. Um, Daryl, you know, I, there were some notes. David Bell back, uh, Anthony Walker, those guys activated over the weekend. Uh, Denzel Ward uh, injured, not uh, uh, dealing with a foot injury. Michael Wood, so little things here and there, but... Um, give me your your stars of camp so far, guys that are making you smile. Yeah, I mean, the, the good news is the, the wide receiver group is uh, somewhat healthy. I mean, uh, Amari Cooper got dinged up early uh, last week and only missed one practice. Uh, getting David Bell on the field, uh, working in team drills now. Uh, great, great sign. Anthony Schwartz is back as well. So they're as close to full strength as you're going to get Anthony Walker's off the pup list. But, you know, look, some of my early camp stars, they're young kids. Like I've seen Jerome Ford flash. I'm not going to talk about Chubb and those, because we know what those guys bring to the table and they're just naturally always stars, but Jerome Ford's flashed a little bit. Um, Emerson, uh, the young corner that they drafted, he's uh, shown up a, a couple of times. Um, Cade York is as good, if not better than advertised. Really love what I'm seeing from him. 22 of 24 during training camp. Uh, the fun thing they did to end Sunday's practice. They put him under pressure, 45 yard kick. You make it. Everybody gets the night off. No team meetings. You miss it. And we're all going to be, uh, talking to each other all night long. And, uh, he, he made it with ease. 
Um, the two-minute drills, they had him come out to, to kick the, quote, tying field goals or whatever, made those under pressure. So really like what I've seen from Cade York, certainly good as advertised. Um, you know, uh, there's, there's, there's so many guys here that, uh, I, I want to mention that like, I'm afraid to leave somebody out and, and right. not give them, uh, their love, uh, in the secondary AJ green has just been absolutely spectacular. Just every day, this guy seems to make a play. Um, and he's been a lot of fun to watch. I don't know if he's going to work himself, Andy, like into a starting role. I think that's highly unlikely considering the depth, but man, he's showing that he has grown tremendously and is going to be able to contribute when his number uh, is called. So um, a lot of positivity, you know, a lot, you know, aside from <laughs> the, the black cloud hovering over everything, there's a lot of good stuff happening. Uh, it's 76 Lou grows a Boulevard in this training camp. I get, you know, I, I kind of scoffed on Sunday when, you know, Kevin Stefanski said that everything's normal. And I was like, uh, excuse me. Um, well, for Cleveland that- standards, it is, it's normal for us. I mean, drama <laughs> is normal. Right. Brown standards. I guess it is. Kevin's been here three years. Like maybe I shouldn't be scoffing at the head coach. <laughs> uh, he was real nice to me when I scoffed at him too. Cause I'm like, Hey, really? I mean, you got a quarterback. You don't even know you can, if you can play him, your second string running back wants to hold out of team drills. You're trying to tell me this is normal. Uh, God love Kevin. Daryl, t- Daryl, tell everybody how the fans have been at camp. Uh, well, th- uh, they've all been falling over themselves to get pictures and autographs from Deshaun Watson, uh, old and young fans alike. Hmm. A lot um, of Watson jerseys. Oh yeah. There've been plenty of Watson jerseys. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that, uh, and I think the weather has had a little bit to do with it because it has been um, a little toasty warm out there. And I'm not complaining. I love what I do for a living. I'm blessed to do what I do for a living. I keep water and Gatorade Gatorade on me at all times so that I stay hydrated. But it is warm out there. So we don't want to see you on the IR, Daryl. I mean, if I see your name on there, next (laughs) thing you know, you're on the pup list. Next thing you know, you're a puppy. They put you away and you're out there with the 42 other puppies. That they've given away out of camp. By the way, that's a tip of the cap to the Browns on that too. That puppy yeah. adoption thing is really cool. I know they. Uh, I, I mean, I, it's funny, but it's really cool. They are up to. I have the number right in front of me. Hang on. They are up to eight, eight puppies uh, adopted Sunday. Six hundred and sixty-seven of them total. Since, hang on. Since wow. the program launched in 2015, six hundred and sixty-seven puppies, but forty-two, as you mentioned, uh, for. Uh, this year's training camp, but yeah, six seventy two. Is that what you said? Six seventy two. Uh, yeah, six, six. No, six six seven. Six six seven. So By if the I way, do the math, how many wait, times wait. is how many times has Daryl Ryder come close to coming home with a puppy? Oh, I don't know how many times. At least a dozen. Really? It's been so, real hard. Hang on, Daryl. If I do the math on that, for every six hundred and seventy seven puppies that are adopted at training camp, you get one win. In the playoffs, <laughs> I thought you were trying to do their too win soon. Goal. Too soon. No, what's their win total since 2015? I couldn't do that math quick seven. enough. I was trying to say Well, while you so. talk for a minute, why don't I do that math? No, don't do that. Don't do that. Hey, I also I want to tip my cap to them about another thing too, because I know Akron Bookdale's getting a field this year too. But um, uh, JW Johnson, um, Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper. Um, who else? Uh, Greg Newsom. 
they gave Glenville and John Hay brand new uniforms, brand new Nike uniforms. So that tip of the cap to them. I think I think that's awesome when they get back to the city. I don't think the people like they they put the new field out in Lorraine and I see all these other things that are going on in the community. And I know like we get bogged down and talking about Deshaun Watson and we talk about all that stuff, but you know, the opportunity when the Browns have it, and I'll be honest, the guardians do the same thing. And I know the Cavs, you know, do their part too, but when they go back and they give back to the city, like that's the bond that you get that makes you go to games when they're Owen 16, that reminds you that when you were 14 years old, you met, I don't know, you met somebody or you met um, Clay Matthews or you met these all these players that you you know idolized when you were a kid. Those moments are there. I think they're a lot different than when I was a kid. So when I see these moments and these opportunities for the kids at John Hay or the kids at Glenville to share a moment with guys who are in the NFL, it, it, it is a memory that lasts for a lifetime. Charles White came to my high school and spoke, and I never forgot it, ever forgot it. Would you, uh, would you like to know? I knew you were going to do this. Go ahead. Yes. Would you like to know? You did the math. I'm, I'm doing the math right now. <laughs> how many, you tell me how many puppies have to get adopted per Brown's win? Per win? Per win. Based, based on 677, I think they got to get uh, 37. Uh, it's just over 18. 18 puppies Eight. per victory. 18 and a half puppies per victory. Okay. They've won thirty-six regular season games since two thousand fifteen. God, that is so depressing to say. Uh, let me let me get one last topic with you. What do you think the field is going to look like? They gave the fans four options to look at the field. Two of them had. I don't know if we talked about this before. We um, okay, so two of the options had Brownie the Elf. One is Brownie the Elf running. One is the traditional Brownie the Elf, uh, like he's about to hike the ball. The other two are helmet versions. But I do think it's cool that all of the versions have the AFC logo in one of the corners, and they also have one of the versions of Brownie the Elf on the field. So Brownie the Elf is going to make it on the field this year, which I think is awesome. Correct. Now, if the helmet ends up at the 50, I'm going to fight people. It's just too boring, isn't it? Thank you. It's too boring. Um, I Here's my perfect Browns field of all time. See, their their current script is boring in, in black. My perfect Browns field of all time is the original Brownie, which is the running Brownie from 1946 at the 50-yard line. It is the script Browns with the tail, you know, the tail, you know, you know what I'm talking about? The old Cleveland Stadium Browns in the end zone with the AFC logo. And then you put the Browns helmet there in uh in the in the the other opposite side there that to me is the perfect cleveland browns field the good news is uh wait, I wait, 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 to- hang on hang on no 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 i'm gonna add one more thing that would make for okay. the perfect cleveland browns field they need to take and i understand why they did it when they did it i didn't think it was horrible but they need to take that uh cover for the padding that says dog pong out of there i, I just oh, and the, 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 the fake, fake wood person. yeah it's got to go. Got to go. Okay, well, now. I wish they could put a chain link fence there, but they're just not allowed to do that. So when they build the new stadium, when they build yes. the new stadium, my the request is. Yeah, the retractable dome. Uh, that there'll be a chain link fence there. I'm sure they'll be required to put padding around the uh, the actual poles and that. No, 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 no. Chicken wire, like the Blues Brothers. Oh, that And then everyone can sing Rawhide in the dog. Oh, that, that, well, I don't know about that, but. 
Rawhide. <laughs> got got to got to have got to have yep, a, a chain yep, link fence yep. in the new stadium. But the good news is, I have it on pretty good authority. Brownie the Elf doing extremely well in balloting right now. So keep it up, Browns fans. Which one though? Which one? They wouldn't tell me. But ah. both Brownie the Elves, the uh, the original Brownie, running Brownie, and then the one that everyone's really familiar with, with where he's just standing holding the football. The Brownie the Elves are doing extremely well in fan voting. So keep it up, Browns fans. Need Brownie at the 50. I'm, I love the fact that some of the practice jerseys we see the guys wear, like when they come up for their media availability, they got they're just, you know, plain shirts type jerseys with their numbers and on the sleeve is brownie the elf really love it love Love it it. love it love it and here's why i like running brownie over traditional brownie because i get it i understand that you know a lot of there is a segment of fans that just have a real difficult time accepting brownie and they're like oh our our team mascot is a, an elf. No, but- let me tell you who doesn't who doesn't appreciate it. People that don't know, like I'm telling you, when I I, I had season tickets, not and the Eight opposite championships for one with Brownie the elf is the I know, but you, you understand how time changes things, and they're like, I don't know what that is. And so what happens is is like I again we I uh, split season tickets with my college roommate, and we were in the north stand or the west stands, and I, I you know I picked up one of the brownie the, the original brownie the elf hats and i was wearing it and i was like oh this is awesome i love that i love that logo i love that logo sat down and had a guy call me an idiot what are you wearing that's not the browns what do you i go he was like what team is that and i'm like it's the browns bro and he was like what do you mean and i was like it's the browns logo i don't know they used to win championships around here and this guy has been around a lot longer than anybody else and how about appreciate a little bit of the history and don't come in here and think you're the ultimate Browns fan when you don't know who Brownie the Elf is. This yep. was this was like 2003, 2000. And there was there was a Brownie the Elf logo where he had a crown on for champion yes. for winning champion. Yes. He had this, he, he uh, had the crown on. So, but the reason why I like the original Brownie, the action Brownie, mm-hmm. because that's a, it's a, that really says football to me. You see what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I got it. He's so, moving. Right. So that's the why I really like I prefer that one over Brownie, but I just I I think that um the team needs to get away from the blah helmet thing. Uh it's one of my biggest criticisms. Uh I am all for keeping the orange helmet and the Oreo stripe and in, in the tradition there, but let's you know, let's have something out, out there that represents the Cleveland Browns more than just a blob of orange on national TV. I'm with you, bro. All right. If you want to chime in on this conversation, especially hit us up on game day CLE on Instagram and on Twitter, Daryl, um, final thought. Uh, going to be uh, somewhat of a light week as far as availability, uh, just to practice on Tuesday. Uh, it is a travel week and um, stay tuned. We could be doing another emergency podcast this week. This is the emergency podcast system. This is not a test. Will we be doing an emergency podcast for the third straight week? Yes or no, Andy Baskin? Yes, we will. Okay. I'm I'm banking on it by the end of the week. Um, I wonder if it'll happen on Friday, though. That would be weird right before the first preseason game of the year. Ooh, Friday news dump? Friday afternoon news dump? And a game. Hey, you know what? Wouldn't be such a bad idea. 
well, probably be more interesting than the game. I agree with you. But you know what will be really interesting? The pregame show. I'll be on the network this year. So I'm looking forward oh, to it. Congratulations. Not as much as I'm looking forward to doing our podcast together, though, Daryl. I can tell you, I, I love this, and I love when we start getting crazy and start talking about fields and stuff like that. Daryl, thank you. As always, we'll listen to you at 92.3 The Fan. We're reading everything you write at uh, 92.3 The Fan, and we'll hear you on the air as well. So, Daryl, uh, thank you very much for our amazing producer, Meredith Kane, who goes to um, massive extremes to make sure that you're able to listen to what you're listening to in the podcast, we say thank you again this week, and she'll be back for the next show as well. So that'll do it. I'm Andy Baskin. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, remember to subscribe, give us some stars, and if you want to be a part of the show, at Game Day CLE, and that's on Instagram and Twitter. Have a good one. It's always game day in Cleveland.